Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Spoke Show. I got my guest here, Matt Lawhead. What's going on, Matt? We're talking about house shit here. House stuff never yeah. ends. Yeah. What uh? What's the most recent project you've been working on? Nothing really like on the house at the moment. Did the garden? Got all that situated. Yeah. So outside stuff. Mowing. Been breaking my mower. So in the same in the same day. I ran over my hose, chopped a big hole in it, then within like 10 minutes, hit this like little stump I never hit before, bent my mower blades like all to hell. So couldn't even mow the whole yard, had to fix the hose, had to fix the blades. Damn. (laughs) So I fixed all that shit, and then it's like a week or two later, I caught the clutch cable for my mower on my fence and ripped out the clutch cable. So now I'm waiting on that to fix that. It's like, just, it never ends. Wow. Damn. Yeah, the trials and tribulations of lawn care, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you shit. learn stuff, so yeah. whatever. I guess I'm learning shit. Oh yeah, big time, man. I, uh, we did a bunch of shit for the house uh, right before the wedding, like planted a yeah. bunch of plants and stuff. And now, at this point, a bunch of random shit's, like, growing in and around things. Yep. And I don't know what is what. Yep. And, yep. um, uh, I know Conway stu- studied that shit in college, so I was, like, half-tempted to, like, ask him. But then I kept getting hit with these ads for, uh, that picture this app where you just take a photo of the Yo, leaf. I use that. I use that all the time. That thing fucking rules. So, Laura figured out, you can use that on mushrooms. Really? Yep. It that, works on, like, every plant. That's very good to know. Very good to know. <laughs> when we first moved in, I had morals galore. And I didn't even know what the fuck they were. I was just, like, trying to look it up. And I was like, oh, this shit's like a delicacy in some places? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, so... Oh, mo- go ahead. Morals! Now I know what you mean. You used to have morals. I thought you meant, like... You had morals about your house and how you treated it. You mean morels. Yeah, now I know what you mean. You I don't, can't cut that one out. That's gold. That's yeah, perfect. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anyone else talk about them, so I never knew. Morels, okay. It looks, it looks like a brain. It's like a brain-looking mushroom thing. Yeah, funky. Funky guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Fucking mowing is serious business. You got a nice ride mower, though. Yeah, yeah, I do. It doesn't um, it doesn't have a bagger attachment, so I have to use like this thing called like a lawn mower. Yeah, I think they call it lawn sweeper. It's got like this brush thing that just kind of inflicts it all into the thing. Yeah. Which is dope. And then I realized that uh, because I have an abandoned house next door that nobody's gonna give a fuck over there so instead of like trying to bag up all my grass clippings in, in like a brown bag yeah like oh my god that that alone could take an hour like i can mow my hose oh, yeah, my whole spot yeah. i think i saw you dump like on the right side of your backyard like in their weeds right fuck it yeah i mean they're not taking care of the property even more so now they stopped mowing it ever since we we had that get together and the grass is like two feet high now it's well, you don't you don't mulch your yard like when you mow you don't put it on mulch. No, uh, it is on mulch. So you should be able to just leave it like on the yard. Technically, yeah, but like if, if I just 
I do that. If people like, I kind of like it when I know that I can walk it, walk through the yard barefoot, and not get any kind of like grass shit on me. You're you're exactly right because I'll mow and the dog will go outside and she'll come back in with green paws. So uh, I know exactly what you mean. The thing is, is I've I never do that in my backyard. I just sometimes like the option to. Like I'm yeah. thinking down the road, like later tonight, maybe we'll have a fire and you know get down a little bit. But yeah. Uh, Leanne's uncle was telling me about that too, especially in the spring to like leave, leave the grass trimmings for, you know, replenishing yeah, the lawn. It helps like fertilize the grass, like the compost. I don't know, some compost, something or other. I'm just fucking lazy because I'd have to empty my bag like literally at least a dozen times. Right. Right in the backyard. At least, you know, full, I have a push mower, but like, yeah, probably a dozen times for the whole yard. Right. Yeah, with the lawn sweeper, it's, I'd say, probably, like, six to eight times. Yeah. Emptying it out. I was thinking of some current events. Uh, did you watch the Simple Session Best Trick? The Best Trick? Yeah, Boyd won that, right? Uh... All right. So... Yeah, so it was totally Boyd Hilder truck driver into like a smith 180 and i think that's what won the whole thing yeah yeah that's that's what it was bjarke colin vraniak jackman what a name jackman yeah so i didn't okay i wanted to use this as a, as a moment to talk about simple session in general um whatever you feel like shooting shit about. But what I, one thing I just noticed off the bat, I didn't know Anthony Perrin was on kink. Was that kind of recent? Did he just have some kind of, he had some kind of edit come out recently, I thought. I don't know if there was like a welcome video or anything. It, yeah. But uh, I was watching the, I was binging the federal YouTube page before this and his, uh, he had a federal pro video like a year ago. Oh, Yo. never mind. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is a different... I'm watching one from uh, the Freedom BMX YouTube channel. Is that what you're watching? I'm just uh, searching on YouTube. Uh, okay, gotcha. It's like this... It's like the same shit. I just watched just a different angle. That dude with the green hair was sick. Oh, you know what I just saw from Anthony Perrin? It was his van's part. That's what I, like, just saw. Oh, shit. I don't know if I Even saw it yet. Simone did a van's edit, like, a month ago. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah. We can pull it up if you want. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the guy with the blue hair or green hair, whatever color that is, like, he totally did that because, like, he knew he was going to be filmed or, like, knew it was going to stand out. Like, that was a... Like a like an influencer move, like that was a social media move to do that and stand out. The guy with the green hair. I mean, probably so, but regardless, he fucking he had skills. Yeah, there were like a bunch of South American guys that I kind of kind of recognized their names, but like didn't really know who they were. But like, still kind of knew who they. You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't know like deep who they were. Yeah, it's kind of cool to. I mean, I feel like Instagram's so segmented. It's hard to keep up with so many names that watching this was like a good chance to like see who's 
who's actually on this level, you know, professionally. Oh, yeah, and like, yeah, anymore, my Instagram is so goddamn algorithmed, if that's a word, that like, I'll have somebody I follow and I really want to see their stuff and I'll randomly like have one picture pop up and I'm like, damn, that was awesome. And then I click on their profile and they had like eight posts I never even saw. And it's just like, that's Instagram nowadays. Yeah. Damn. So you mentioned uh, Dan Kruk for the for the actual contest. You're yeah, like, you and I you and I talked about that. I didn't like see all of his footage. Um, it was just interesting. I know there's a lot of like there's like real life factors when you're in Europe in a foreign country and you're like partying and all that. Like you don't know how it's gonna affect. Like I'm not saying he was, but that shit's gonna affect you the next day. So like if somebody doesn't perform that well, like that's not a reflection of them. That's just like maybe they were doing something else the night before. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, I mean. I don't know if I've ever seen him in a, in a contest setting. Has he been in X Games? He might have. Right. Well, yeah, that's the other thing, too. Like, it's just, like, jams nowadays where it is more laid back and it's not a, like, high-profile spot. You know, it's not something that Doritos is sponsoring nowadays. Yeah. Uh, have you... What's the last dope edit you just saw? I was real psyched on that, um... The Colt, um... Like Northeast edit with Began and it was like was it I forget what the hell it was called like Eastbourne or something that was real good. Should we should we pull that up and and check it out? Yeah. It's seven minutes long. Are we cool with that? Yeah. I I mean I know the whole the whole thing was good. I mean, I'm I'm sure. I have the the audio ever so barely on so you should be able to hear it a little bit I keep looking over here but really I can look right straight at the camera and still see what I'm recording I don't know why I'm looking at mine playing on the other freaking screen yeah So the audio it's like uh um it's like alternative can't think of the name of it Oh the edit song? Yeah. I I yeah, I like whatever it is. I have Dang. mine like basically turned off right now. Ooh, Chihang P-Jam. What? Was that a fakey pegs, peg jam? I think there's some Eclat Bruno Simone, some kind of shit thing I might want to check out then too if you want. Was that, or was that the Sabrosa edit that just came out? The Spainful, whatever it was. 
No, this was something different, but I, I, I'd be interested to check that out, too. Yeah. I just saw... Dude, <clears throat> I love when you scroll YouTube and it shows the video you already watched with, like, a red line in it so you can tell you've played it. Yeah. I'll go to, like, bike companies' YouTubes and I'm like, oh, my God, there's, like, seven videos of decent shit that I'm, I'd be interested in that hasn't I haven't watched yet. I just did that with the federal YouTube today. Their stuff's always real solid. They remind me of, like, a Shadow or a Sabrosa with, like, their quality and what they decide to put out. And it's not just, like, you know, it's not, like, Instagram B-roll. Like, they're putting out something refined. Yeah. I, I, you really got to give uh, some credit to Rich Forn, you know? Mm-hmm. While we watch the Cole Pitty when Peach is killing it. I mean, seriously, yeah. Rich Forn is a master a mastermind. I don't know what to call it. there's always something too about just filming like stuff in Europe or filming stuff in Africa or like the Middle East it just looks totally different like you're not going to get that in California you're not going to get that that b-roll and that atmosphere in California yeah damn I love seeing a spot that's just not stock Oh shit. I guess we kind of skipped uh, skipped over a simple session, but I thought uh, Felix's run was pretty sick. It was it was interesting how many times they filmed him doing it. <laughs> like I feel like I saw him do the same run like six times. I'm not I'm not talking shit, but like you could tell he was dialing it in from yeah. Practice session. Yeah. But I think those were the riders that did well were the ones that went in with, like, a, a mathematical, like, game plan in mind of what they were going to do. Yeah. And they even said, like, the judges want to see... I'm just going to mute it for now. It's The music's great, everybody, but just so it's easier to understand them. Um, no, I, I do remember thinking that. Like, when I was watching Set It the first time, I was like, I like that music. Like, it's, I don't know, it's not too far in one direction. Yeah. Oh, shit. We know that spot. Yeah. JP Rails? Yeah. You can't go wrong with Began and Chase. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's a good mix for sure. Dang. Began did some flat rail trick recently, and I was like, oh my god, he's so close to this trick I have imagined in my head that no one's done yet. He's so he's like right there. He's gonna do it. Him or Garrett? He's probably done it and it's just like not clean enough or hasn't come out yet. Yeah, maybe I should ask him. <laughs> Dang. Hmm. Uh-huh. It's just like the way he rides the spots makes me want it makes me that much more psyched on that spot. Like I want to go to that spot. I want to ride there because of the way he rode it. <laughs> Began. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's uh, you know, he's coming to his own. 
Yeah. Like, Chase, I can't necessarily relate to, but Began, I'm like, I want to do that. Like, that looks fun. Yeah. I, uh... When I see the shit that Chase does, being right for Ford, I'm, like, constantly measuring up to, like, what he can, what he's doing, and I'm like, oh, man, no way. Oh, yeah, Began's right for Ford, too. Just four peg. Yo, that was the other thing about uh, Simple Session with Godwin switching up his feet. Yeah. Like, I kind of knew he did that, but, like, I never really watched and, like, saw him do it real hard every other trick. Yeah, and, and seeing how how often and how consistent these dudes are with certain tricks was pretty fucking sick. It was, for Godwin, it was cool, too, because Daryl pointed out what he was doing because, like, anybody that doesn't ride isn't going to realize that and I feel like even people that do ride might not be paying attention to it no yeah it's especially if you're doing it quick and sneaky yeah I mean I mean if you dragged it out and exaggerated it would probably be you know like alright guy you know fire there were a lot of spots in this edit that for as old as the spot looks, I'm surprised I've never seen the spot before. Like, that makes like I'm not I'm not saying I've seen every spot. Or I'm not saying anything like that. But like right. that looks like an old spot that's been around. Right. It's kind of surprising that like I don't remember seeing that spot. Like it's one of those maybe, spots that no one ever hit. Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Like maybe it's out there somewhere. Like I don't know if it's in a a big DVD or like an obscure edit. But I didn't recognize that spot. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Oh, you know what I wanted to show you then? Um, are you are? I'm still getting used to this format, so I don't even know how to quite handle transitioning from from thing to thing. But we agree that that was pretty good. Um, I wanted to show. Did you uh, do you follow Fly Bikes YouTube at all? Not their YouTube, but something just came out, like the Proton Bike or something. Is that what you're talking about? The, their bike box, dude. Their bike box? Yeah. So they just dropped the video for it. It's I'm going to play here. It's only 30 seconds. Oh, oh, I did see that. It's like recyclable or something or biodegradable. No plastic at all. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? That's pretty fucking tight. Like, it takes a lot of thought to get those pieces out. It's, like, simple, but it takes a lot of thought. I didn't watch it. Now I'm curious. Yeah, we got it playing right now. Plastic-free. Oh, they spell recyclable different, too. Very cool. I just feel like uh, Fly Bikes is really doing a good job, and I wanted to give them a shout-out. <clears throat> but, um... Oh. Um. I wanted to talk about the Vans shoe. Oh yeah. So we've we've had plans to do a, an episode, a podcast episode for a while now, and we one of the subjects we wanted to talk about was the the signature slip-ons and how unimpressed we were with such a lack of footwear you know and I was ready to like 
pull up websites and site references and be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is embarrassing that we really don't have anything. And then this new shoe comes out and I'm kind of excited about it because... Oh, oh yeah. So the the new, the you know how Adidas has been like stepping into BMX recently? Yep. So I, I was on their site checking their shoes out and they have a pair of shoes that's like not too bad but it's like $160. That's so much money. So these new vans that just came out are $85. All right, that's still kind of expensive, but when you're comparing it to those $160 yeah. uh, shoes, it's like I could get two pairs of these and you know get that much more time out of it. So well, yeah, and like here's where I'm coming from. Like I'll spend 160 bucks on a pair of footwear, but it's gotta depend on what I'm doing. Like if I'm putting my foot in my back tire, I don't want to be putting an $80 shoe in my back tire to wear down the the tread. You gotta learn how to do the the skid out so you don't have to put your foot in there. I I, I yeah, I guess I'm not like stylish enough. I don't know. You like, don't have to be stylish to do that. <laughs> I know what you mean, though, and sometimes it's just way easier to jam your foot in your back wheel than try to do anything else. Yeah. They got all kinds of shoes, even, like, rock climbing shoes. I, yeah, I didn't know 5'10 made climbing shoes. Because that's, like, another thing. Like, I, you know, I, I have hiking boots. I have climbing shoes. I have work boots. I have everything. And, um, yeah, it's just, like, the BMX shoes. It's, like, I, I don't know. That's what I've gone through the most out of everything, so maybe that's why I'm the most critical. So check these out, $165, they kind of look a little weird. You know, like I'm stoked that Adidas is doing stuff, but for $165 and that's what it looks like, I... Is, is that a BMX shoe or is that like a mountain bike shoe? It says trail cross mountain bike, you know, and obviously everybody knows that mountain bike people have money because their bikes cost a bunch of money. But well, and I'm, like, you know, I'm looking at that. It's got like the built-in moisture sock. Like I'm thinking about something, something I can ride BMX in, leave them on, and then like go out and I don't know. Those things, in my opinion, look dorky. <laughs> like I don't want to wear them like out going. I don't know. Like a pair, a pair of half cabs. You can go ride and then go out to like a brewery, you know, or whatever. And like I don't. Right. I don't know. Now some of us. Some of us like to bring two pairs of shoes on excursions, a pair of chillers and a pair of riders. Yeah. And I will I will swap out into the chillers after the session's over because sometimes, like, after riding in a pair of shoes, no matter what they are, my feet just feel, like, weirdly clapped out or something. Mm-hmm. Um, my Etnies, I have a pair of Etnies Murano's, mm-hmm. and... Every time I put them on, I feel like I put the left foot on the right, like the right shoe on the left foot. Like they, there's so much resistance against the inside of my foot that I almost feel like the shoe's on backwards. Oh, but you ride in those, right? Yeah. I see you're, you're going to have that. That's like the thing. Like when I buy a brand new pair of shoes, if they feel awesome when I first put them on fresh out of the box, they're chillers. They're not riding shoes. And I know that a riding shoe, like a half cab you have to break in and then like for me my most recent pair of riding shoes when they started to feel good 
I knew they weren't as good for riding. Like I'll, I'll go to try to do like a foot jam and my fork completely eats my foot. And I'm like, oh, well, these are too far gone. I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that or if that's just me, but. What size front I, tire you got? Like whatever. I don't know if I have, I don't even remember. I think I have the Donna Street right now. So it's like two, three, five. So a somewhat bigger tire. I'd say anything over 225 or bigger should be in the front. I mean, you can ride whatever tire you want, but. Well, yo, yo, I got an even better reference. Like if you're doing any kind of like unlucky or ghost feeble or butcher grind, if your toes go off the pedal and drag, like for me, that means they're kind of getting to be too far gone. Like any kind of pedal grind feels way better with a newer shoe because my toes aren't laying over and dragging on whatever right. I'm riding. Right, not bending over the pedal so yeah. much. Right. Yeah. So like I got a pair, I think I told you a little while ago, I got the America, I think they're called the Pillars. And they felt amazing, fresh out of the box. Like they have a lot of features that I really like, but I don't want to ride in them. And I don't want a chance riding in them to find out I don't like riding in them and beat the shit out of them and then like they look kind of busted i i don't know yeah so i got a pair of those what color they feel amazing i had the last time i had a pair of americas they felt really well constructed but the sole felt like a little bit too soft like it was like that's yep that's kind of how these are like a riding shoe if i put on a new riding shoe and i walk in my driveway and i can feel I'm sorry, not a riding shoe. If I put on a, a, a shoe that I'm thinking about riding in, mm-hmm. and I walk out of my driveway, and if I can feel a piece of mulch or a piece of gravel under my foot, it's not going to be a good riding shoe. Like, I want that sole to be fucking hard because I know it's going to hold up and it's not going to get blown out. Princess in the pea type shit. Yeah. So I was very interested in Americas. I was checking out ES, you know, that skate company. Yeah, I was checking every brand out. I'm not brand loyal to to footwear, but when I saw these these vans, I was like, you know, I kind of wish they were other colors. But given the fact that they're probably like, let's go with a basic color to start, and then yeah, they got the Peraza colorway, which I love Peraza, but that's just not my that's not gonna do it for me. Well, and you know, I thought you and I talked about this already, and I thought about what you said. And I, I said, like, I don't like that colorway. I want a black upper with a gum sole. Yeah. And if you're selling that shoe, you might be saying, hey, I want to throw this in a mall. And if somebody's just buying it for the van's look, it's still going to sell and they're never going to know the difference. Yep. So that was kind of how I thought about it. Like, I, I, I don't know, maybe a black upper with a gum sole wouldn't sell as well in a mall or like on pack sun's website even if this white part was black i'd be so much more stoked on this dude white soles i like i look at them too hard and they get fucking dirty or like (laughs) they get dirty just walking out of the house and like you can't get that off you know like once you have that mud on there that black scuff like i don't know and i'm not even like hyper into how my stuff looks but like a white soul just looks destroyed yeah yeah, you can clean them a little bit, but I don't want to ever have to clean my shoes. 
dude, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> like, before you were even done talking, I was like, I don't want to ever fuck with my shoes. I mean, I like to be able to set it and forget it. I mean, I've... Yeah. So, so real quick, not to, not to uh, stroke any dicks. I just want to pull something up real quick on the different spokes YouTube. And I want to look up when I posted the original shoe cast with Mark. That was two years ago. Oh, yeah, that was way back. Wasn't that, like, the, one of the very first episodes? Yeah, episode nine. And the fucked yeah. up part is I'm still using these shoes to ride in if it will load got it on HD and shit so that the Marana's and these pair of Reeboks here I'm still swapping back and forth in you still riding those yeah both of these damn dude that's crazy and I mean it's cause I it's cause I've like fallen off a little bit and oh, haven't right, been riding really, I hear you but um the Marana's look like completely club-footed now. They're completely demolished. Yeah. Um, so the uh, Reeboks, they're cup sole, but they're like thinner. And the way that they fit your foot right around like the front of your foot right here, mm -hmm. it's nice and thin. It feels like... <clears throat> I'm wearing mid-tops, but I don't feel like I'm wearing clown shoes or, like, these big, bulky, like, car slippers, you know, where you're you're just, everything's, I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but, like... Well, you know what I was going to say? Like, you know, you're, what, a head taller than me? You're at least, I don't know, six inches taller than me. I'm short. I can't wear fucking high-top shoes. Like, they just... You know, there's a couple vans, like, those, like, I just, my legs are too short. Like, my pants get all, yeah. I don't know, not everybody can wear those. Now, you, uh, so these were, like, they look like high tops, but it, it's really just the tongue. They're mid-tops. Oh, uh, okay, so it's, like, an optical. You know, I'm thinking, like, man, my pants are going to be all jacked up wearing <laughs> Yeah, but you're right, though. I see your point. Um, but, like, the, the materials, like, the way it fits my foot, these shoes feel perfect i wish there was more to the sole similar to your americas like yeah. i wish there was a little bit more i mean these were random ass reeboks that i got from some random ass spot in in a mall that i've never been to before like i just lucked out and copped them for like 50 bucks and i was like pretty stoked that i got them for 50 bucks as we saw you know something for the actual intention is gonna run you you know over 50 bucks Oh, yeah, for 50 bucks, dude, anything that's not loud, like anything that's all black or whatever, I'll give them a shot just for 50 bucks. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, what, 30% cheaper than, like, the next option? Yeah, I mean, and honestly, like, because of the construction, like, I still like riding in them because I, I feel protected, but I still feel, like, not too bulky, but I do know that, like, I can't really, really put a foot down in those. The Maranas, I know that they do have that cushion at the end of the day. So, like, the Maranas ended up looking all fucked up from use, but the Reeboks, like, maintain their shape. So, I'm kind of, I was going to, like, impulse buy these. I should buy them, like, right now. The the Vans 114s. I mean, I was ready to, to rig Vans over the coals before this shoe came out because I was so pissed that there wasn't anything that existed. You and I have been talking about that for the last, like, seven years, dude. Like, I just, I can't believe there's not 
a greater variety of mids or a greater variety of like just a more I don't know just a more well-built shoe um what are what are the new etnies with the velcro strap that came out a little bit ago that Conway Conway's had a few pairs of them and they're not the number mid <laughs> no they're not the number mid but they're like the modern they look like a mountain bike crossover like a Oh, the, you know the ones I'm talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so I keep forgetting that I can look at the screen over here. Yeah, I know. I was doing the same thing on my other screen. Um, that like, MTB dude. Maybe I can do it by searching for it. They're they're a shoe that functionally I'm I'm into them and I'd love to give them a shot. And all the colors are just kind of dorky. Like I'm just not into the. Is like, that, is, is, this is one of them. Like, I would agree. Like, that black and gum, there you go. It's like... I, I thought they had one that came out with a Velcro strap. Oh, okay. Let me back it up. Like, they had, like... It was, like, 110 or 120 bucks. Yeah, right here. That, that might be... Yeah, the Culvert, that's it. Yeah, so that this was the other shoe similar to the, the Adidas one, where it's like, okay, here you go, something that's completely developed for what you want to do but it costs this much yeah okay that's a hundred and sixty five dollars this jaunt is 85 bucks i could get two pairs of these literally so i mean honestly i think the culvert mid looks a little bit nicer aesthetically and the colors did get better like i haven't seen those i didn't realize they came out with new colors the last time i saw them they were just like I don't know, just dorky colors. Yeah. Even that's a little much. Like, I don't... You're right. I don't need Christmas colors. Like, give me who, neutrals. Who fucking green... Who fucking greenlit this this colorway? Because it just... It just... It doesn't work, if you ask me. Like... Well, I'm like, I have this thing about having two logos too close together. Like, I don't need an Etnies E with a strap that says Etnies within a half inch of it <laughs> like right. I, you, you know with my half cabs i cut the one patch off the side yeah because i think it's i think it's fucking stupid to have the same patch on the side and the tongue like what do you <laughs> you got a good point there like um, i get it's like <clears throat> advertising and you want to get whatever marketing whatever you want to call it but you don't need the same patch on a shoe two <clears throat> times I mean, my opinion doesn't matter. Like, I mean, I know nobody cares what whatever you want to call it, but I don't know. I don't like that. Yeah, I um, it while we're on the subject of it, I have this tree seat that I love. I got a brown one, and the rubber actually, I, it's not worth pulling up, but like um, the rubber that is for the pivotal hole. Yeah. It says tree in black letters, but the rubber is brown. Or the tree letters were white or something. Whatever it was, it was a contrasting color, and I didn't like it. And I took, like, a razor blade, and I, like, carefully, like, sliced it off the seat. And I, and I was like, I was like, I know the seat kind of looks butchered when you get close to it, but low-key, this is so, aesthetically, this is how I want my bike to look. And it's no disrespect so, to anybody. I don't, I don't know if you can see this. I literally bought this grandma sewing tool specifically to stitch rip the patches off 
half calves. Oh, nice, dude. So you, you stick that little point in there and you tear all the stitches out and then the patch comes off. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> you got a better seam ripper than I have. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. My mom gave me one years ago, and it was like two inches long, and it's like made for women's hands, and I could barely even hold it. That's what I got. And I was like, this isn't cutting it. Yeah. So I went on Amazon, and I found this like man one, and I got that, and it's way easier to hold. <laughs> yeah, I got to get one of those too. Fuck. I think I got a three-pack. I think I got a three-pack, and I, I gave one to my mom, and I gave one to my mother-in-law, and then I kept one. Oh, nice. You're spreading the love. That's good. <laughs> now They're probably like, yo, why'd you give me this giant man-hand stitch ripper? They're probably loving it. They're like, this thing's so nice and large. <laughs> I always wanted to get a pair of shoes that had that Vans bottom. I haven't had a chance to check out this Vans bottom yet. Oh, the the BMX? Yeah. Was, uh, sold? Yeah, because everything it was on before was of no interest to me. Probably you as well. Like the slip ones, the low tops. It's like, I'm not fucking with that shit. Everything else was like bright colors, or it was like, what do you call the NASCAR flag you wave at the end? Like a freaking checkered flag? Checker. Like, just shoes that, yeah, I'm never going to wear those. Or, or uh, the Vans classic high tops, which. Teach their own, but those do not appeal to me one fucking bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm probably gonna buy these later tonight, uh, and see what see what the fuck is up. It seems like it's been about two years. I should definitely upgrade my shit. I might take one of these photos and Photoshop it to look like how I wish it looked, just for the sake of like the podcast. Yo, have you ever seen that Instagram account where the guy photoshops the shoes? Skate shoe dreams, dude. Yeah, his stuff is wild. His stuff looks good. Yeah, I'm going to pull him up right now because he's worth a shout out. Just, I don't know how he does it because it seems like... It looks perfect. It almost seems like he's... Oh, wow. See? Yep. Leave it to skate companies to have a silhouette that's like, oh, that's perfect for BMX. You well, know? And like, I would buy those. Like, I know I, I said, like, I don't want colors too bright or I want neutral colors. Like, I can get down with green and brown. Like, just keep it yeah more neutral. Exactly. ES, ES had such cool, like, concepts, too. Those Americas are cool. I think skate companies always had the money for the designs where BMX companies didn't have the money to play around with designs. Right. Like, look at that ES bottom right there. Remember yeah. when uh, the last round of Orchids came out, he used a stock sole? Yeah. And, like, the, the ribs on the stock sole were fine, but, like, the sizing of everything got all fucked up. And it's like, man, I can't even imagine how much it is for, like, a custom sole like that. But it, it adds so much more to it. It makes you that much more legit as a footwear brand. Well, I even kind of wanted to go back to pricing. Like you were talking about pricing and you know, mm -hmm. you drop a pair of shoes that's 160 bucks. And like for me from 16 to like 28, I would have never spent that amount of money on a pair of, or on any kind of footwear. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't know, you drop a pair of shoes like that and they're made really well, how many are you selling? And like, is it worth it to keep it in production if you're really not moving? Like, if you're only selling the guys in their middle 30s, 
how long are they going to hang around? Yeah, that, that that's that brings me back to some shit I was thinking about with uh, the Vans thing. It's like you have the skate market, which is huge. You have this bike market, which is small. But the bike market is similar to the skate market, so it's like we'll just do we'll just lean towards skate because the bike shit's kind of like an afterthought because they're just gonna follow the skate trend anyway. It's almost like we don't they never really felt like they needed to cater to us because we're we're basically almost skateboarding according to like a like to like a general person bike riding might as well be skateboarding and like i don't know enough about the mechanics of skateboarding and moving your feet and the shape of the footwear that you want but it seems like companies orient themselves towards skateboarding or mountain biking and BMX falls in the middle. Yeah. And it's, it's, does that, you know, and, and they drop a BMX style shoe and does that, does that orient more closely to a skate shoe or a mountain bike shoe? And you're still not ultimately getting a BMX shoe per se. You're getting something that's halfway between BMX and one polar side or the other. Mm-hmm. And, and bike riders themselves are going to be across the spectrum of what they actually want, but you and I just happen to want the same thing. Well, I, I want to know how many... I'm sure somebody in the industry can explain this, and it's like you and I have talked about this a ton of times. How many signature shoes or how many, how many shoes are truly what the rider wants and what the company goes to the rider and says, this is what we want to put out, Put your mark on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you you and I have talked constantly about like lows and slip-ons, and it's like I just I again somebody in the industry chime in, educate me. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't believe that like Dennis Anderson and Courage Adams are doing the stuff they do in fucking slip-ons. I mean, they might be doing it just because they're going to try and catch a check, and that's about that's it. What I, I, that's what I should have said. That's how I should have worded it. Are they choosing to do that? We're like, if I'm if I'm doing an athletic sport, I want to wear, like, athletic footwear. You know, you, you play football, you play soccer, you wear cleats, you rock climb, you wear climbing shoes, you hike, you wear boots. Like, I want to wear something that's built for that. Right. Like, I don't – slip-ons aren't built for BMX. Slip-ons are built for – chilling and going to a brewery like they're I don't know I mean it's nice to have like a uh, a next level tier sole on a slip on like I'm not going to complain like I have a pair of uh, you know you know, are you familiar with the Ultra Boost from Adidas I think yeah I think I've seen them they have like this cushion in them that's actually pretty dope I have a pair of slides that have the same cushion in them they're fucking sweet you know it's like yeah, I wouldn't mind having a pair of slip-ons that have, like, a built-up sole, but I'm still not going to ride in them. It's only going to take one foot jam whipped in the ankle for me to not, like, completely regret wearing fucking slip-ons or lows when I'm riding. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the there's, like, a pressure point on, in, my, in the side of my foot now, like, right below my ankle. I don't know if it's always been there, but from from dinging the cranks off of your foot like on a bunny hop three 
It's like it hurts, and then the pain keeps going afterwards, like a pressure point. And it's it's not even just riding. It's like when you bail. If you bail on like some crusty ground or in the grass, and you're slipping, like I don't know. I don't I don't want slip-ons on. Or like even if you're you're riding and you like step in a puddle, like your foot's getting wet in a slip-on, like. <laughs> I don't mean to like take it too deep or go too far, but like that's just not riding. That's not a slip on is not athletic footwear. Right. It's it's a slap in the face. It's it's disrespectful. You know, at face value, it feels disrespectful to, to as a bike rider. You know, you're like, you really think that that's what we need? It's like I, I I'm all for people getting paid, though. You know. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I understand like who pays you and who where where your check comes from, but I just find it very hard to believe that if you bar spin any kind of stair set or you do any kind of handrail, you don't want footwear that you can't lace up and have secure on your foot. Yeah, I I noticed a difference in uh my shoes when I I always kind of like lace them just normal or whatever, but then the one day I kind of like tugged them a little bit snugger and I was like, "Oh, like it's not there, there was like this little bit of slide going on in the back of my heel that I didn't even notice before and I'm like oh this feels like way more secure like if I had to jump and spring like a cat and try and put my feet out it's everything feels like it's kind of it almost feels like you're, you're more stable so when I lace my riding shoes up I'm going to war like I can you know I'm gonna ride my bike I'm gonna run from the cops I'm gonna do anything and those shoes are like fully molded to my foot strapped on there like when I when I lace up my riding shoes I can't take them off without untying them like they're right they're on there yeah because I'm doing athletic stuff like I want footwear that's gonna perform with my body mm-hmm yeah um so, do you ever watch uh, The Nine Club? You ever heard of it? That's the skateboard, like, podcast something or other? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, uh, Sheckler was on recently, like 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he explained why they called it the Marana. Yeah. He said, because if you don't like me, you still might like my shoe. Oh, well, dude, like that's like frame the uh, BMX companies not putting the rider's name on a frame because if they drop that rider, they can keep the frame. Wow. Savage. Yeah. Savage. Wow. But uh, um, I have it pulled up here. I don't know why. I thought it was an interesting thing to do. But uh, he brought up the shoes. He so he's got his. He started. Uh, he puts a lot of thought into the footwear, man. It's It was kind of cool to hear him talk about this shit. And uh, he said he was skating big gaps and he wanted a shoe that could handle, you know, a big drop. Like, straight up, that was, like, the point of the Murana. And I guess what what Roberts is holding right there, the other shoe, is there's, like, a new, like, a new, new shoe coming out. Hopefully they make a mid-top because I'll definitely scoop it up and, you know wear that against the Vans style 114, you know, because you, you need one to push against the other so you can compare and contrast, I feel like. Yeah. It's got, like, a little bit more rubber on the side edge there. Oh, and he uh, he put creases in the the bottom right there, I guess, mm-hmm. so when you, when you bend, you're not, like, 
So you're not creasing the shoe as much. You're, the rubber's bending around. Like he was explaining, it sounded pretty cool. But um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's great when you're one of the, I don't know, I'm just pulling numbers out of thin air, but like you're one of the top 10 most recognizable skaters in the entire world, and you get to design a shoe from the ground up. Yeah. And like you're not at the mercy of your sponsor. You get to call the shots and think of all that stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that like, A, he got to call the shots, and B, they didn't like literally put his name to it. Because, uh, remember, shout out to uh, Aaron Ross, that needs number mid. Like, what happened to that shoe? Oh, yeah. I thought well, they couldn't sell enough of those things. I, you know, the colors were a little off the wall. Like, I think they could have gone with more mainstream colors and kept those around for longer. But, like, I'll talk about that shoe until the day I die. Like, that was, like, my shoe. Like, I wore those for years. I was happy with everything. They always felt good. And they stopped making them. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I did kind of want to, like, slightly go back to you have Sheckler who's who's designed this shoe from the ground up yeah and then I it, it appears that in BMX when it comes to a shoe you have the same phenomenon as like okay here's this frame we're gonna give you a signature colorway we'll let you pick out the color mm-hmm. and that's all the rider gets so you have these shoes where it's like okay we'll let you pick out what laces go in here but like everything else we picked already and I, I don't know. It's like that's what seems to happen with BMX shoes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like we said before. Like okay, we're gonna get a slip on. Okay, you get to pick between gray, red, and blue. Like all right, cool. There, there's not enough Shecklers in BMX to pump out shoes that are gonna stand out. Shecklers. Sheckler is literally the closest BMXer we got. <laughs> yeah. Like there's so there's so many amazing bike riders. Like just watching Simple Session alone, it BMX is boiling over with talent and with awesome personalities, interesting people, but yet we we can't get like Nigel got a signature Nike because he got it as a celebrity and not as a bike rider. Exactly. Yeah, he got it because of like I'm not whatever, however you want to calibrate this. Your Instagram followers might carry more weight than your skill. <laughs> I'm not saying that about him, but in today's world that could get you farther than what you actually do. Yeah, I mean it's it's just like and even his shoe he didn't get to actually pick anything he just got a colorway too yeah you know so hopefully uh, you know we get some more people getting some footwear going I know that there's like uh, those other companies there's that one that um, it's like fade footwear man so if you want to go down the fade rabbit hole dude I wanted to like fade and I like what they're about and I like what they're putting out and they put out they put out a shoe that's so functional it's like anti-functional like I mean you want to talk about moon boots I uh I had one pair that I got for free and I think I wanted to like them a lot more than I really liked them yeah and I took them and I really wanted to like them and then when they 
started to be when they started to sell in America, I bought a pair and I tried wearing them and I was like, I can't even feel my pedals in these things. Like I can't even, I don't know, they're just too over, over engineered, but if you're a third world country putting out a shoe that's got to perform and do a lot of stuff, it's probably a great option. Um, for the price and how they're built and what they do, I, I think they're over-engineered for what I'm, for, you know, I'm only speaking for myself. Like, it's too much for me. The sole's too thick and I don't know. Yeah, I'm checking out the Daily Grind one and it's like, for me personally, I would give these a shot, but the what's what's telling me not to give it a shot is no ventilation. Yeah, and you know, maybe they're looking at it as, oh, we're a third world country, it rains here, and this is gonna keep you dry. You know, maybe they're designing that differently than if you were in a drier place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was just something where it felt like I took strips of plywood and attached them to my feet and then stood on my pedals. They were that firm. They were that overbuilt. Wow. Yeah, it seems like they're like one tweak away from being really, really nice. You know, they, yeah. they got that. They got the right ideas. Maybe oh, they'll yeah, they'll come up. It's reminiscent. They, they remind me of like orchids. They remind me of when orchids were doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how. PC I have to be when I'm talking about different companies and when I'm like I'm not bashing anybody um but yeah I I, I don't know it's it's too you, you have the slip-ons and the lows on one end of the spectrum and then you have the fades on the other end of the spectrum where it's like fuck it goes back to the whole work boots prank call from back in the day <laughs> like that's what they remind me of the work boots oh man <clears throat> I had a I had a dog come barreling out of a house in Philly right near this one ledge spot that everybody used to ride and it was when I was wearing the the tiger stripe work boots. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of those dogs that has that brindle to it. Yeah. And it was just barking at my feet and I was so scared to pedal cuz I thought for sure like I'm not going to move. This dog is this gnarly ass like pitbull brindle uh, what's it called brindle? When yeah, you got the yeah, tiger stripes, dog. I know what you're talking about. It's just like I'm not gonna. I'm just, I just freezed and like coasted down the block, hoping he didn't bite my foot off because uh, my shoe alarmed him. <laughs> it it was uh, wild that for so many years I never questioned or thought it was weird that the shoes that I bought changed in an entire size once the padding crushed down. Like, I never questioned that. Like, when I bought Orchids, I wore an 11. And then by the time all the padding inside got crushed down, they were laced so tight, and I stopped wearing Orchids. And I was like, oh, I'm a 10. Like, I wear 10s and everything else. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Damn. Shit. What else What else do we have to rant about? Well, the, the shoes were like a long time coming. I mean, we've, we've vented about shoes for years. Yeah. And seeing that they, that Vans finally got something going, I hope that that kind of pushes 
at needs to get their head out of their ass and maybe uh, do something. But hey, if the, if if, if Shecklers are our go to on that needs world, then that's it. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean the other. I, I kind of still want to like revisit the price point. Like we were talking about that. Like I have like my hiking boots. I'll spend three hundred bucks on hiking boots. I know they're gonna last five to seven years. I've never had riding shoes last even close. You know, like I'm happy if I get a year out of riding shoes. So I'm always thinking about like, okay, if I if I spent a hundred bucks on a pair of riding shoes and they lasted a year, that was three and a half dollars a day I spent on or whatever the math is. That's what yeah. I spent on those shoes. And um yeah. you know, that math is wrong. You know what I'm <clears> trying <throat> to say? Mm-hmm. You divide like Right. I butchered the math, but you divide like what you paid on how long they lasted and it's like, okay, I spent that much per day and that's what I'm always trying to think about. Yeah, I have a I was gonna go get them, but I don't know if it's even necessary. I have a pair, have you ever heard of the Vans Ultra range? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I have. So, I don't know what that's marketing. I have no idea what the desired uh, market is for it. So I have a pair that look just like this. And I don't think I paid a hundred bucks for them. I hope to God I didn't. Because these- They look, they look real comfy. Well, here's the thing, dude. I bought them and they felt blown out within the first month. Now, let me add the caveat that I work from home. So how how are these gonna feel blown out in a month when I'm barely wearing shoes at all? Like they were comfy, but it was like just minimal, minimal comfy. And for that price, when you're teetering three digits like that, like, and oh oh and the back that back loop right there yeah ripped off on one of mine oh that was like my highlight of that shoe is i'm thinking like oh i really want that to pull my shoe on and off i loved it the loops i love them except for the fact that it ripped off and it's like what the fuck was this like i mean so basically you know i want to make sure that i'm giving uh an unbiased view on the Vans thing. I'm not up their ass and I'm not against them, you know? Well, it's it's not like we have a whole pool of companies to talk about. We're referencing like four or five shoes and it's because you don't have this crazy prevalence. It's like, you kind of do sound like you're harping on one company or picking on one company per se and it's because you don't have a lot to compare to. Yeah, yeah, especially now, like, Low tech's gone. Orchid's gone. If the low tech Mike Aiken shoe, like if if one of these other shoe brands picked up the Mike the low tech Mike Aiken shoe and remade it, like it would instantly be like it would instantly be a hit. But like, what is a hit? This is a good question. What does a hit product mean in BMX? Honestly. Man, and like I could be wrong, and I feel like you did have stuff like that back in the day, and now things, now things are so consumable, and things come and go so fast that I don't know. It's almost like you don't have the go-to's or the classics like you used to. Maybe I maybe I sound old or I haven't fleshed that idea out enough, but 
it, it seems like new things are just constantly coming out to be the new thing and you don't have the go-to's like you used to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like my... I mean, you know, I, I say that and then you have the half cabs and I'm, I'm the other, it's coming out of the other side of my mouth. I'm saying I've been buying half cabs for the last, I don't know, six years. So like there are still go-tos, but when not, you're not completely happy to, with, with what you're, you've been going to, right? there aren't exactly other options coming out to make up. Like, I, I don't know. You don't have a lot of exploration available. Yeah. It's like part of part of the trick is making something good the other part of it is keeping it in stock like these culvert mids i remember i saw an instagram ad for them and i was like fuck it i'll buy those right now and i went to it and they didn't even have my size like it was already sold out and i'm like are you guys ever going to bring it back or what it looks like they did bring it back and that that plays into companies are so apprehensive with like over ordering and then not being able to fulfill those orders with consumers they over order but then they can't fulfill the order with the consumer what do you mean no no no. so you said your shoe was out of stock and i'm yeah. saying like back in the day a company dropped a shoe and they committed to that shoe for the next like X amount of years. Mm -hmm. So they had a crazy amount of inventory to always have that in stock where nowadays it's kind of like, okay, let's only order like 50 pairs of each shoe and see how it does. Like, we don't know if we want to keep making this and then it does well and your size sells out right away. Yeah. It's like womp womp. Yeah. What can we do? Oh, dude, believe me. I'm like the most common shoe size and the most common waistband size. So, like, my shit is always sold out. <laughs> oh, man. Shit. So, what's next? What's going on? Are you going to the Chocolate Chuck premiere? Nah, I, I, I don't know. I have, like, a tough time getting my ass down to Philly. It's, like, it's probably, I don't know, an hour and 15 minutes for me, and it's just, like... I don't know. I got other shit going on. It it seems like uh, you would want to have some things lined up for the night so you know where you're going to go, what what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's almost like you'd want to go down there and know you're going to stay down there. Yeah. Like, I thought about trying to make the trip, but I got to pick her up at the airport tomorrow. And it's like, I can't pick her up from the airport and be like, hey, guess what we're going to do? Yep. We're going to go to Philly to, this weekend. Because... Uh, her friend or her cousin actually is in the hospital. He kind of ate shit on a motorcycle and had mm. like, like broke his pelvis. And, uh, so we're going to go visit him Saturday and, you know, it's, it's important to be there for him. And, yeah. oh, um, we could pull up another bike video if you want. I actually, we could go down a whole different rabbit hole. Okay. But, um, yeah. I thought of like being in your middle 30s and like still being motivated to ride and like what drives I feel like this could be like a whole group conversation with like 10 dudes around our age but when I came up for your wedding I was more psyched on riding the Blue Banks DIY and then Anvan on the way home 
than I've been psyched on riding in like way too long. And it's cause that's like the first new shit I've ridden in the longest time. Like, I, I don't know, like I hit, I hit the couple local parks. Like I have three parks within like, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes from me. Yeah. Like none are that great, but it kind of keeps the cobwebs off. And then as far as street goes, like, I don't know for me, like I'm just, I've never been down with riding street by myself. So I'll go try to hit stuff, but like ultimately it winds up me being like just practicing at the parks. But riding those DIYs, I mean, I felt like I was like freaking 18 again. Like it was so nice to ride something new. Yeah, I, uh, it's being stuck on the same shit, you kind of get so burnt out so quick. Like the, for the blue banks are my local, so now I'm like, half burn out on that shit you know it's like oh yeah well you you were talking about like troy and spot searching in troy dude i feel like between troy and albany you could be looking for spots for like a year or two i mean you could like really be creeping everywhere looking for spots yeah and that's the thing that i'm that i haven't been doing but i've been like it's the more i get familiar with the with the area the more it's eating at me like the more I'm seeing stuff that's like, all right, well, I, I kind of think I could do something here. I kind of think I could do something there. Yeah. Like when I moved to Rochester, I was such a homebody that I kind of, unless someone asked me to go out, like I kind of didn't go out, whether it was like go out to the bar or go out to like ride. <clears throat> I mean, I, w- I would dick around by myself, but I'm not, I'm not going into like the next town 10 minutes over, you know, by myself so law or not lawhead i almost <laughs> rafa would be like all right today we're going here i know of this spot and this spot but we're gonna like kind of explore around and it was like i just saw how good he was at that he's similar to you like like acquainting himself with the terrain like not even like on some bike rider shit almost like on some explorer type shit like just being familiar with your area and like what's going on oh yeah that's like when laura and i traveled for a few months when we did like i was in a different state in a different city each month and i was constantly on google maps like trying to look stuff up like i was if we were driving somewhere i was always creeping around like looking i was checking out the parks and it's it was difficult for it wasn't how do i word this like it's hard when you don't have your crew like when you're doing stuff solo that takes away such an aspect of getting out there and riding but when everything's brand new and everything's different that almost makes up for it and even like exceeds it like i was more i was more psyched to go ride something completely new like a whole new city than if i would have been to be with a crew in a city i've already been to Mm. Yeah, it's like that uh, uncharted territory uh, appeal. <laughs> yeah, and you 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 know you go to the same city that you've been to a bunch of times, and you're kind of jaded. You're like, oh, I've been there, I've done that, I've seen this, I've seen that. And you go to a new city that you've never even seen anything, and you're like psyched on the littlest thing, like, oh, I want to ride that, I want to do this. Yeah. And it's like I'm I'm envious of you being in a whole new city with all this new stuff, and I'm like, man, that's the kind of catalyst that I need to like stay psyched on a daily basis and like get out there and, <laughs> and like just be back in it. Meanwhile, I've been here for a year and I, I, I 
probably if I know I I literally haven't ridden the street spot yet. Uh, well, like even even going to the blue banks, like I kind of <clears throat> I rode everything. Yeah. Like just that sub, I could have rode that sub for hours. Yeah, and that's one of those things where like it's like FDR, where like you you show up and you see how everybody else rides it, and you just think that's how it needs to be. But in reality, is you can pick your own thing. Oh my god, this cat's fucking up my wires. Hold on. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Look at this little bippy. Look at this little girl. Look. Oh. Yep. Alright. You're cute, but we gotta close that up. Can't be having the felines chewing on dongles, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Those things are expensive. Um, remember that, uh, that quarter I sent you a little bit ago? And it's at that random skate shop. It's not even a skate shop. It's like some fake beach surf shop right in the absolute middle of nowhere and somebody built a quarter in front of their building as part of like the skate shop yeah i'm gonna go hit that next weekend oh so it's only one what you never ended up hitting it at all no no we actually got so the weekend i said i was gonna go it rained all freaking weekend so we didn't go okay um but we're gonna go you know uh in a couple weekends and uh it's like i'm so stoked on just riding something i've never done and it's like not a big deal but it's just that that drive that isn't always there with stuff that you've seen for years yeah um part of me is like completely uh amazed at how good mark burnett is for the sake of like where come on what are you doing all right what are you doing? Like, the, like, I haven't even wrote with him yet or anything. I haven't even talked to him yet. I was thinking about reaching out to him, like, this week. But I'm like, I don't know. I'm always, like, scared to approach people, I guess. But it amazes me how good he is and how good he stays, given the fact of, like, like I don't know where he is or what he does, but it seems like he just rides the blue banks a lot of the times. Well, yeah, and, like, I'm not saying this applies to him, but, like, there's people that just thrive with the familiar. Like, they want to go to the same park every day. They want to be in a familiar. Like, like you think about, I don't know, Whammo might be an example. Like, they say he doesn't leave Long Island. I, you know, like, and yeah. the stuff he's doing is awesome. Well, that that's I think that's what, what my point was when I'm bringing up uh, Burnett was, like, it seems kind of like he keeps what he wants dialed, dialed, and then when the, when the spot... Uh, comes come when he comes across what he wants, he's able to do what he needs to. Yep. And, and so now, like riding, like riding the blue bangs over and over again, it's like, all right, what what do I want to hold on to? Like, I'm not riding every week. I'm not riding every day. Like, I mean, I'm trying to get exercise, trying to get my heart rate up. Oh, <laughs> dude. Um, so. Do you use a fitness tracker or anything? That's something we could bring up. I I have the the footstep tracker, Apple app, whatever the hell it is that tracks my steps. Yeah, yeah. I uh I got the watch, but uh um my heart rate. So like 160, I I've, I've realized that once I hit 160, it's like you're kind of fucking 
like be careful going any higher is kind of like what I've realized, right? And last time I rode, I my heart was beating out of my chest, but I didn't physically feel like I'm exhausted or anything. I was yeah. like, I was like psyched to ride, like so psyched to ride that I kept like going back and f- like no one was there. So I kept going back and forth, like hitting the rail, doing the manual, hit the rail, try a foot and whip fail, <laughs> hit the rail, try this, keep coming back and forth. And it was like, it was like, no, no, no. You need to pause and catch your fucking breath. You are way too turn up right now with your heart rate. Cause like, remember when you were a kid and you would get too turnt like that? And like you'd get like that burning feeling in your lungs because you just like geeked out and just rode like way too hard in like the first 20 minutes. I don't know if you I had that happen one time real bad. I can never remember. Um, Union had a contest that Paul Haran put on like I almost want to say it was like bone death. It was something like I mean, this is like 15 years, like way back. And I rode in that contest, and yeah, like that was the only time I ever really had that, like where I couldn't catch my breath. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, it's a little scary. You're just like, fuck, I gotta stop. I gotta catch my breath. I, I my muscles feel fine, but I really gotta stop. And and my watch even tells me like, um, oh, your cardio sucks. You're a fat ass. I mean, not in those words, but. Yeah. My my uh, VO2 max or whatever it is, I don't even know fully what it means, but it tells me that my shit's below average, and I'm like, yeah, I work from home, and I don't really get out that much, so I got to step it up to kind of... Yeah. Oh, it, it's tough sitting all day, and you're like, oh, man, my hips fucking hurt, but all I do is sit all day, and it's like, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I've been there because I worked from home for five months and just sat all day. Yeah, and, and like... It's only because of the wedding that we started, like, figuring out how to, like, handle working from home. Because we both wanted to, like, not be fat for our, for the wedding. Um, I gained 40 pounds right off the bat getting the house, so I was trying to bounce that back. She was trying to get as thin as she possibly could, and I kept telling her, I'm like, you, you're going to shrink away. You don't need to do that. But um, we ended up figuring out, like, oh, what we're... We work from home and we're fucking snacking constantly. Like, dude, that's it. That's what I was. So I, I was like, you know, waiting for you to finish. But like, I, I swear, like for me, I'm like, I'm fucking lazy. I don't want to exercise, but I don't want to be fat. I'm just not going to eat. Like, I'm so lazy because I don't want to exercise. I'm so lazy. I'm like, I don't want to eat because I don't want to be fat. So I just don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like an even worse form of laziness, but I don't want to gain weight. So I'm just like, I'm not going to eat. Is that so is that what you do now or is that just what you did when you were working from home? So I'm, a, I'm like, even now with my new job that I got a few months ago, like I am more sedentary. I'm not doing nearly as much like high impact stuff that I was doing but like I find that I'm less hungry where like my last job I was freaking hustling all fucking day and I was starving and now like I'll eat a banana and some leftovers from dinner the night before and I'm good for the whole day or like if it's Saturday I'll wake up I'll have coffee and I might not eat until one or two o'clock and I'm just like I'm not really hungry because I'm not doing anything Exactly. You're right though. The temptation. That's a real thing. Like if you're sitting at home and you're like, I have all these snacks 
in the cabinet or the fridge or whatever. Mm -hmm. You just want to eat those snacks. But like you're not even hungry. You just want a snack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we stopped buying them. Uh, We started doing it. She's not not doing it anymore, but I'm still doing the intermittent fasting thing. Well, like basically, when to when? Basically, I try and cut it off by 8.30 at the latest. Yep. And I will eat like around 2 or later. Damn, you go that long. Dude, the longer I go, the better I feel. It's fucked up. Like it, it kind I go of... from like I try to go from like eight to ten AM, like eight PM to at least ten AM and then I have to have like a banana or an orange or something. Yeah, like if like uh it's basically I get these hunger pangs and then I'm like I just drink a couple cups of coffee and I'm good. But depending what I do, like depending on the day and what else is going on, it's like, oh my God, I'm so fucking hungry. I can't fucking think I gotta, like I'll cave early. And other times I'm like, it's four o'clock. I still haven't eaten. I don't give a shit. Like (laughs) I read this thing a little while ago and it said that your body doesn't differentiate between hunger signals and thirst signals. And most people are dehydrated. So when you wake up and you're like, oh, I gotta eat something, your body's actually wrong and you should be drinking something. Water. And when you eat something, it makes you more dehydrated because your body's processing that food. Um, yeah. Let me try to turn this light on. It's getting kind of yeah. easy. Um, is that better or worse? Yeah, it's better. Um, but dude, I, I read all those books and go down all those rabbit holes and I'm always trying to do like health stuff and... Dude, did you, uh, did you uh, uh, see that thing about um the life expectancy thing like centenarians the, the most i don't know if we're talking about the same thing the most recent thing i saw was that the life expectancy in the US went down for the first time in like 50 years i did hear that what i'm what i'm talking about something something different where it was like it was like a bar chart of like people who get to like 100 years old yeah and it's like it's like da 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 and then all of a sudden it goes whoop and it, it literally looks like basically majority of the people who are alive right now, if they take care of themselves, they're getting to 100, which is oh, crazy. For sure. Yeah. I mean, we, we have access to like, I don't know, for as much fucked up food as that is, is as is out there, we have access to a lot of good food. And, and like you have more knowledge than you've ever had about like what you eat and what you put into your body. Yeah. It's like you and I both love drinking, but at the same time, we also like we like keeping the fucking wheels on the bus, you know. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like if you're, yeah, like <clears throat> drinking obviously is not healthy. It's toxin. It's poisonous stuff that you're putting in your body. So you got to try to do as much as you can to compensate for that. Yeah, I did a workout before this podcast. You know, <laughs> not a good one, but something. Yeah. It's like I didn't do one yesterday because I got so busy with work that I was just like. Oh my God, there's so much to do. I'm literally just going to have to not work out today, which, which is like a bullshit excuse. Like all, all shit aside, you know, cause consistency I feel like is crucial. Oh yeah. You have to have that like set time and a routine. Cause if it's optional or if it's up in the air, you're going to make excuses. Like I fucking do it. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I did this today. I don't want to do that. Yep. Yep. So, are, are you familiar with knees over toes guy? No idea what that is. Can I can I show you him? Yeah. 
right. He is... He's so goofy that... Well, okay, so, like... Rogan had him on, right? And I, uh... I, f- I went to go follow him on Instagram, and I was like, oh my god, all these BMX shows are already following him. Awesome. Like, I'm late to the fucking party. <laughs> so, let's see. His real name is Ben Patrick. Let's see. Charlie Crumb, Peter Adam, Dak Roach, Alex Donachi are all following him. He is a fucking beast, but he's also, like, a character, dude. Like, yeah. he's so goofy, but it's like... Bolt lifted weights with his feet. Like, so he's pioneering this whole knees over toes thing, and it's legit. Like, I've done it a little bit, and I'm already feeling more stable in my knee. Like, um, in the Dan Deal podcast, I was telling him about... Um, how I fucked up my front my front legs knee my my uh, front foot's knee to where the point where like you know when you stand on a bike here let me get in front like when you stand on a bike and you have your feet mm-hmm. and your feet are basically bracing your weight like my knee was so weak that I couldn't figure out where that level was cause like I kept babying it so much that I couldn't feel like that stable uh, perfect north or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. My boat, my boat always it's felt like tilting. Why axis? Yeah, my shit was all fucked up because I couldn't, I couldn't ever feel like I could put enough pressure on that knee to feel good. Like I could, I could fake it and go ride and do manual one eighties and do tricks, but it's like, and it would almost look exactly like how I already ride, but. I know how I felt when I was doing it, and the whole time I was basically doing it with one leg. Shout out to that guy from GT. But if, if you know what I mean, like it feels like, like you don't have that that. Man, dude, I I I know I bitched about my knee so much and on like a lot of episodes, but it's it's so fucked up and dark when you go to pedal, and like you feel like that pain and like immediately like whether or not you want to push through that pain or not there's no gas there it's it's gone well and a, a human knee is an awful design <laughs> like, think about, most people have more weight from their waist up than their waist down and then you have this really complex moving part at their knee with you know all these ligaments and all the weight is above that it's a shitty design mm-hmm. like it's a design that's bound to fail Check this out. So this is, so he's doing some crazy shit here with using a weight and like another weight, but um, I'll do this on like a step in the house and do this whole like you step down, step up thing. And you don't realize how unstable your knee is until you try that. So this dude, this dude graduated high school and like wanted to be a pro basketball player but his knees were so fucked up he couldn't and he ended up rehabbing his shit to the point now where he's dunking on people left and right i i have heard of this guy now that you're saying all this it does sound familiar yeah i mean he's he's kooky 
he's hilarious because he's just so like animated with all of his bullshit but at the end of the day that's how you get views at the end of the day man like he's not selling snake oil yeah he's legitimately like oh this thing like going backwards and shit oh I've yep I've seen that before so I so Leanne and I got like a nice bike I don't know if you saw it in the house when you were here the in, indoor bike <clears throat> but um I'll pedal it forward and then I'll pedal it backward mm-hmm. while I watch like bike videos on the TV yeah and my idea like I don't have a sled so like I'm trying to imitate this whole walking backwards thing with running the bike backwards I know it's not exact muscle groups but it's close I gotta start dragging shit in the backyard I guess but I don't want to kill my grass (laughs) oh and then there's a Go do it in the neighbor's grass at, I, the, at the bando. Yo, literally, I thought I, I I have my eye on like this one part of the yard where I'm like I could put trails there. I could drag weights back there. Like I'm ready to like. They're not even mowing the front lawn anymore. At this point, I feel like I might as well just like run amok over there. Like why not? Dude, it, it, I'm we we joked about it when we, like when Laura and I were up there. If you guys bought that house, like I'd come up and help you demo the house. Like, <laughs> just fucking tear it down. You guys would have the property. Like, totally worth it. They want so they put a, a for sale sign up right after the the Saturday shindig. I don't know, yeah. and they want eighty grand for it. Yeah, you guys told us that. Which is hilarious because it just doesn't work out. Uh, home well, problem. I wonder, like, if you bought it, tore the house down, and then sold your house with the additional property, like, how that would increase the value of your house. Like, just tore it down and just use, and rolled it into the same property as what yep. we have? Or, like, if you guys, you know, it doesn't really apply to you. It might apply to, like, somebody buying, but, like, if you bought that lot, tore everything down, and built, like, a big-ass garage... And then when you sell your house, you say, like, here's our house and a big-ass garage. Does it add more than 80 grand worth of value to your house? Yeah. Um, one of Land's relatives mentioned, like, knocking it down, building up, building a, a fresh house on it, renting out this house that we live in and living over there and yada yada. But yeah. There, there's a lot of ways to slice it. I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, it's you can even you can buy it, tear it down, and then put like a little prefab home. Like there's all kinds of prefab stuff you could put over there. Like so here's so here's the catch. We live in Albany, and yeah. we, we live right off of Central Avenue. Yeah. And and this neighbor, I love this neighborhood. It's fine. Like yeah. I I never in my wildest dreams did I think I'd own a house. And B, own a house in, like, a half-decent neighborhood where, like, you could just feel like you could walk down the street, you know, late at night. And, uh, but Central Avenue is such a fucking fuckhole. And there is... Is it really? It is complete... It is where humanity comes to die. There is... There is... People die crossing the street regularly. Ah. Well... Crossing the street on foot. 
we we told you about when we were coming up that main drag to make the left onto your road a funeral procession was coming down we sat there for like fucking 15 minutes waiting for the funeral you know because it was like was that four lanes when you're trying to make that left are you going to cross two lanes it's it's two lanes each way Plus yeah, a turning so lane. You're yeah. trying to make a left into your neighborhood, and it was all fucked up. Oh, yeah. Ma- making a left into our neighborhood is crazy. You know what's even crazier is making a left out of our neighborhood. Oh, because you're going across. Yep. Yeah. So, that makes sense. so, like, if you go back and around, like, so there's no other roads to get out of our neighborhood. You have yeah. to use Central Avenue, which is completely yep. poor city planning, if you ask me. I'm praying that maybe they, they make an egress street somewhere because it's like, if there's an accident here, heaven forbid, if there's an accident here and an accident here, the whole fucking place is shot. Oh, yeah. So it's like, we need to be able to have access out of here in general, but... Like a back way out. Yeah, and it looks like, yeah. it looks like literally if you just paved like 50 feet, you would have it. But I, I like, I dreamt about this. I dreamt that they paved it, and then like our road turned into like a slight highway, like Central Avenue is. Oh, people cutting through. Right, real fast. Yeah. I think of the wildest shit when I'm sleeping. I'm like, my brain's like, oh, let's think about all this shit you forgot to think about throughout the day, you know. But uh, Central Avenue sucks, man, and it's so like my point of bringing this up is looking at that property it's like do we really want to sink that much more money into where we are or do we want to think about holding on to our cashews and maybe you know sprucing this place up as much as we can to get what we can out of it and then maybe popping off somewhere else you know six years down the road ten years down the road so we've we've been watching the price of our house go up over the last like two years and it's done really but go up so i would assume yours is going to be the same it's only going to go up um and if you had a deal you know i I would look at it as like say you guys are going to sell in five years and potential buyers they're going to look at your house and they might think like oh there's a bando next door we're going to keep going or they might look at your house and say, oh, they bought the bando next door and it's X amount of property, you know, it's two acres. We definitely want to buy that house and we have this plan for two acres. Like, I'm not saying that's exactly your house, but that's like hypothetically how you could think about it. And like, that's that's how I think constantly. I'm like, when we sell our house, what are people gonna think? What can I eliminate? what is going to make our house more appealing because i know i don't want to be here like i want to keep moving yeah um and yeah next door like if you guys bought it now it's only going to go up in value it's only going to go up in cost right now is the cheapest it's going to be right um so yeah it just depends on what you want to do and what you have the capabilities of and what you have the free time to do and i i think about the same kind of shit all the time because we have that little shed in the backyard that I'm like, I'm like, well, that thing's on its last leg. We need a new something new. Um, like we have a two car garage, but basically it's all filled with garden shit, yard shit for the most part, other than the ping pong table. <laughs> so it's like, even if you wanted to put the 
Like, you can't even put both cars in the garage unless you had a better shed for the mower. So then in my head, like, I'd been watching this, um, my uh, ex uh, subscription expired. It was, like, on Discovery Plus. It was, like, living off the grid, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. I love, I love this shit, man. I love the net zero shit, because, like, nothing jazzes me up, like, nothing going into a property and, like, all this coming out of it. Yep. So I thought about, like, okay, so there's these things called net zero homes where, like, you know, you face into the south, the sun comes yep. in, it warms the yep. concrete, and everything's copacetic, and everything all, all works. And it's like, but when I watch these videos of these people try and actually do it for real and build their houses i see all these mistakes and all this shit that goes south so i'm thinking i'm thinking how cool would it be to maybe diy like a small version of this where it's like half shed half office space that could be turned into whatever if it needed to be you know or like a shed office space greenhouse i don't know i'm just like trying to think of like that the shed that we have is so small it looks nice but in grand scheme of things it's so small i can't even get a wheelbarrow into it so it's like there's no ventilation it's rotting from the inside out we got to replace it what would increase the property value what would be good for us and it's like for me i would love to be able to have like almost like a shipping container plopped down with like a nice big window and like a thingamajing but I don't know if it's like really worth it and then like we were here for like a month before we re- we bought the house and after a month of living here we realized oh shit there's no windows to the backyard on the second floor at all this is kind of shitty wow i didn't even think about that yeah now i can picture yeah so what's it, the shape of your roof like the picture of your roof yeah so we thought about like yo we we like rehab the house and paid for our wedding this year yeah it's like hey if we didn't fucking basically burn all of our candles at all times all year maybe we could save up and maybe dormer out the house like i thought about like dormering out this roof out so it's like not slanted and just straight or somewhat straight and then have like a balcony and you can actually enjoy the huge ass like we have a huge ass yard but it's like fucking forget about it kind of you know yeah i'm trying to think how you how you could do that um would you do like a second floor deck i think so at the, uh, to some degree i would like i would like a covered like a covered deck yep well, a porch yeah, that's that's so that's what we have. So we have a porch. When you walk out of our dining room, you walk onto a cement porch that's underneath of a deck on the second floor. Yeah. So yeah. that so that way, because like right now, if it's raining out and you want to like hang out outside, you can't. And it's like, all right, we overpaid for this house. We have this huge ass yard, and the one thing we can't do is be outside while it's raining and enjoy the rain <laughs> could like sit in the garage <laughs> i'm not being funny i'm saying like you no can yeah both garage doors and sit out there at least yes you're absolutely right and i have done that a little bit and i, I enjoy it i like it but it's like 
like the door's so loud and it's like yeah. I'd like to be able to just come out with like my morning coffee and kind of just hang maybe it's petty maybe it's not but I feel like in the grand scheme of things of like what you want in the house somewhere where you can hang out and enjoy a rain it's kind of kind of up there for me I guess so what somebody did for our house at some point is we have the porch with the deck above it and then under the the like rafters of the deck they took corrugated steel and they pitched it away from the house and there's a gutter underneath the deck with a downspout that comes down wow so yeah we can be outside and there's no water coming through the deck onto the porch because that corrugated roof up there so yeah we we have what you're talking about that's very sick uh, that's awesome that they thought of that How, when was your house built 1948 it's a pretty old one yeah so i mean we're creeping up on like 80 years yeah do you guys have like a smart thermostat or anything like that Oh, fuck no. We have... Well, no, we... So we have a modern... I mean, it's a modern thermostat, but it's not... It's not like, um... What do you call, like, the home thing nowadays? It's not like... There's a Nest? Alexa, or whatever the fuck the new one is. It's like... I don't know. It's like 10 years... 10 or 20... Not 10 or 20. 10 or 15 <laughs> years old. Um, it's like... It's not like... LED. It's digital, but it's... I don't know. Modern enough. Oh, like Honeywell, I think, is like one of the brands of. It's it's actually digital. It's not like it's a a dial on the wall. Right, right. What I'm talking about is like, uh, so I guess it was on the registry uh, for the wedding or whatever. I don't know. Somebody got us one of those Nest thermostats. That's what I was trying to think of. I'm thinking like Alexa, like, you know, Ring, yeah, Nest. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, and it, it's like, damn, this thing would be... So, like, you know, we turn the air on when we want to manually. And, like, because of... Dude, I... Let's see if I can show you. So, you see that vent in the ground? yeah. Yep. So there's like a little lever to open and shut that thing. You know how many yep. times I've stubbed my bare ass foot on that lever? I've want I could have fucking uh you know. Yep. But the air doesn't come through upstairs correctly. Like it's so hot like her room, her office doesn't even get air at all. She has to have an air conditioner. My my room has that one vent at least. Because cold air doesn't rise. It lays on the floor. Do you guys have an AC unit outside? Or, like, wh where's your, like, unit? Yeah, the unit's out in the backyard, but it's, like, it's, you can tell that, like, that thing ain't going to last that much longer. Like, that's going to be probably the first big investment we make is replacing that. Yep. But, uh. So we, we have the condenser thing in the backyard, and then our actual, like, unit, whatever the hell it's called, is in the attic. And it takes up, like, the whole goddamn attic. Like, it's gigantic. And all of our vents are in the ceiling because cold air drops. Oh, that sounds so smart. Well, you know, a lot of older houses, like, your house is a little bit older. And, like, a lot of those houses, you couldn't put it in the ceiling or you couldn't have it up top. So you had to put it in the floor, like, in the basement. And it comes up and it doesn't really go anywhere. It just sits on the floor. Yep. That's – so, like – 
however the house is designed or whatever, like generally speaking, the downstairs stays cool throughout the day. Yeah. But because of our offices up here, like this wall, this wall right here, like the sun is shining straight up on this wall while I'm working like past 12. Yep. And like, I'll get a headache and I'm like, not sure why. I'm like, I think the fucking sun is shining through this wall so hard that I'm like getting exposed to some sort of radiation or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know enough about this shit, but I, I know I kind of don't feel good when I'm up here and the sun's on the other side of that wall beaming right at me. Yeah. Well, both know. of our houses were built before AC even existed. So they never really thought about how AC was going to work with one of our houses. Mm-hmm. Use a bunch of asbestos and all that other fucked up shit. We have asbestos siding, yeah, on the top half of the house. I, I wish there was a picture of this app for, like, asbestos. You know, you could just take a picture of it and it's like, yep, you fucked. Yo, the printer's looking pretty hefty over there. Oh, yeah. So... It's not running right now because um, I didn't want to run it when nobody was home. But I got the whole setup. I've been killing it. Like I, I pretty much printed twenty four seven. Like since I bought it. No way, really. Yeah. Um, what do you think the learning curve was like from from unboxing it till now? So assembling it was pretty wild. Like at the time, it was. I feel like assembling it was like the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> like, really? In hindsight, it wasn't that hard. But when you're doing it, so the instructions that you get, they're like half in English, oh. and it skipped like the illustrations skip every other step. So like, you know, I would put something together like I would do like step three and I would put something together and I would get to step four and I would realize that I put step three on backwards. <laughs> oh so man. So I would take apart <clears throat> step three and then do step four and I mean I was like kind of like a knucklehead about it a little bit like I don't know I, I could have done it better but it took me like a whole weekend to put together but in hindsight if I built that same one again, I would do it in like a quarter of the time. It was just that figuring it out what I was doing. Um, and then as far as printing goes, I learned something new like every week, like some new setting or something's different. And like you can always change all the settings. Like I'm, I'm trying to think where to even start. There's so many things you can freaking talk about. I mean, it, there's there's so many aspects of what affects it that like the ambient temperature in the room affects your print. Right. So like some people have little like plastic cages that go around their printer to keep that ambient temperature warmer in there to prevent the like warping or anything. Right. So have you had any issues with that? Like, I know it can be finicky with, like, heat and different filament colors and shit. Oh, it was, you know, it was interesting because, like, right off the bat, like, you don't know anything about bed adhesion. So I printed for, like, a week or two and everything was great. And then all of a sudden my prints weren't sticking to the bed. So I'd, I'd like, put, I'd start a print, go to sleep and wake up and, like, a whole corner of something would be peeled up and, like, all fucked up. 
So that was like a learning curve of like, okay, glue stick, hairspray, you know, whatever to keep something adhered to the bed. Um, and then like my nozzle, I had a whole couple days of like my nozzle was getting clogged. And that's based on um, how fast the filament is, what's the word? The filament is thread through the nozzle um, and like how fast the head prints, if it's going too slow, it'll clog. And that was like a whole multi-day learning curve. But I don't know, you, you, you know, you start doing something and I have a ton of stuff that I've printed like three times and just like refined the print every time or like I Google something and I figure out a new setting. Um, but I mean, it's gone really, really well, I think. I mean, I, I, I've like fully embraced it and um, it's something I want to do all the time. Yeah, do you feel like, like do you, do you feel over, it sounds like you do not, like you do not feel overwhelmed by the learning curve of figuring it out and the software. It sounds more so that you feel empowered that you have this new tool in your, in your Yeah, any, any issue that you might have is like quantifiable. So if you, if you want to print something, if you want to print something, and it's gonna take like two days. You print it, and if you have an issue, you go back and you say like, okay, what caused this issue? And you change those settings, and then you try it again, and you typically remedy whatever went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, you can't really see it, so I have the printer over there, I have like, materials right there and then I have a whole second desk right here that you can't really see mm -hmm. um but there's all kinds of stuff that like I mean you and I have talked about it um yeah there's there's basically just databases online that when you're getting started you go on those databases whether it's Thingiverse Odyssey whatever it might be and people have already started this stuff and once they upload a print, you can either copy their print exactly or modify it right. to whatever works for you. Um, and I mean, it's it's like a wild whole community. There's like it it goes so deep. There's so much out there. Um, the BMX BMX aspect of it is just like at the surface compared to what you can do. Um, there were a lot of like tool things like battery holders, tool holders, stuff that I made right off the bat that you go online, you find those files, you type it in, it it prints and you're going. Like somebody else already figured it out. Yeah. Um and that's been awesome. And you haven't had to be like, oh, like like even though you're getting the print file from online, you haven't like outside of like the nozzle clogging and the adhesion to the table, it's pretty straightforward, like. Typically, so when somebody, so when you download a file, you have like all the settings for the printer and then you have a, a like a readme file that says what that person did and then you might have like a PDF of what they went through. Right. And typically what they're explaining 
they're covering every kind of printer. Mm. So your printer might be like, I mean, if you want to compare it to cars, mm-hmm. they're, you might have a Honda or you might have a Ford, but they're talking about every kind of car. So you might want to go online and figure out like, okay, this is what I want to print. How's it going to be best for like a Honda? And then go from there. Right. Or it's a lot of trial and error on your own part when you're like at home doing things. Right. That's something that like I've been having fun doing, like putting everything together and like learning about it. And it's, it's been pretty freaking crazy. You're like putting stuff together with like tweezers and like little tiny part. Like it's just, I don't know. It's like Legos for adults. Do you feel like you have a superpower now of having a 3d printer? I feel like I would feel that way. Well, so like, like Laura could be like, man, I wish we had a chip clip and like I could go upstairs and print a chip clip. Like it sounds funny, but, um, like my, you know, my dad will like, he'll just like think of random like stuff. He'll be like, Oh, can you print me a fishing lure? And I'm like, well, let me go online and see if I can print a fishing, you know, and then you find all these designs and you make a fishing lure. Um, yeah. I don't really have a ton of stuff up here right now, but this is another thing. So this holds a battery, like a Milwaukee battery. Yeah. So basically that mounts on like the wall or on your workbench and you can hold a battery in there. That's sick. I wish I had one, something like that. And what what brand do you need? I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I had this uh, leaf blower and it was fine. I actually, I completely was stoked on it. It was just like a cheap battery operated one from Lowe's. And uh, I ended up accidentally putting the battery pack in backwards and completely ruined the whole leaf blower. The battery pack was fine, but like I ruined the, ba- the blower because I broke something inside that accepted the battery. So once I realized I broke the blower, I just, started fucking spiking this thing into the ground because I was like fuck this thing in a bag of chips like just terrible design yep hell yeah man how how many more of the pedal bodies do you have to go so since you fucked me all up and you wanted a back pedal a back grind pedal I gotta make two more I thought I only had one more but I gotta make two more why is that because I thought you did front pedal grinds. I mean, I will I will accept a grind side on the right foot as well. Oh, then, yeah, so I only have to make one more then. I'll make you a back pedal um, grind side, and then they'll be done. And I already have the axle and all the hardware, so I'll put it together. Um, I'm hope, hopefully going to knock that out this weekend. That's sick. I'm looking forward to uh, trying it. I'm also looking forward to... Uh, working on some ledge dressing stuff nice but hell yeah shit anything else you wanna go over man I'm actually I'm fucking hungry right on (laughs) man I'm ready to go eat something hell yeah dude it's been uh two hours twenty minutes man um you said Leanne's coming home tomorrow night yeah I got I'm a bachelor all weekend so I got nothing going on tomorrow Saturday Sunday so nice yeah cool I'll keep you posted we got some content out of this not just 
us rambling and complaining. I mean, it's probably a little bit of both, but I think that'll be good. There, there's got to be other people that have the same complaints or the same thoughts that we do. Yeah, I think I think that's the main thing here. It's like, yeah, we're bitching and complaining, but it's like nobody's fucking talking about it. So yeah, let's somebody, step up. Somebody explain it to me. That's not getting a paycheck from it. Like just boom. I'm, I'm not even like putting somebody's feet to the fire, but like I'm just help me understand. Help me understand why a a pro BMX rider wants to put out a low shoe with leather laces. <laughs> like, just help me understand. Like, where are you coming from? Like, why? Why is that functionally good for you? Now, if there, if the market was wider and there was like this, that, and the other thing already available, we wouldn't give a fuck about the low top or the slide or the slip on. It's yep. the fact that there's not anything covering this huge hole in the market. But yeah, oh yeah, if there was like a not goofy colored mid with a removable Velcro strap that was made well, I, we wouldn't have said anything this whole time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day to hang out and shoot the shit. Yep, definitely. It's, it's stuff that we've talked about for a long ass time. Yeah, yeah, and now we finally got it set up to where we can, you know, do this own video version, even remotely, you know? Maybe we, we'll, we'll do a video of me assembling your pedals. That's what we'll do next. That would be cool. <laughs> Explaining, printing your pedals and assembling them. I'm, I'm for it, man. Sign me up. Yeah, we'll figure something out. All right, man. All right, dude. Have a good night. It was a good talk. If you ever grow up, one thing you'll find Most people that you meet, just about out there, man They try to tell you how to live, they try to tell you how to die They tell you don't get too low, but don't get too high The best thing you can do don't listen too close Walk on to your own Keep them on their toes Keep them on their toes Your business out of sight Make them look left if you're gonna hang a right If the pie's hot, don't let them see your hand Make them gotta know or they wouldn't understand The best thing you can do When the ignorance shows Walk on to your own Keep them on their toes If you never grow up You ought to stay that way You can't learn What you ain't gotta change Just listen to your heart Listen to the rain Listen to whatever it is that keeps you sane Now I don't have to tell it Cause you already know Walk on to your own Keep them on their toes 
Keep them on the toes, your business out of sight. Make them look left if you're gonna hang a right. If the pot's hot, don't let them see your head. Make them gotta know what they wouldn't understand. The best thing you can do when the ignorance shows is walk on to your own Keep them on their toes. I don't have to tell it. Y'all already know Walk on to your own baby And keep them on their toes